Hey, Lizards, Gizmo here. I wanted to share some of the cigars we'll be smoking in May and June, so you can smoke along with us if you'd like. For Cubans, we've got Hoyo de Monterey Double Coronas, Partagas Aliados, H. Upman Half Coronas, and Monte Cristo Open Eagle. And for New Worlds, we've got Davidoff, Winston Churchill, and Bellicoso, Diamond Crown, Julius Caesar, TAA Shark, 2023, Liga Pravada, T52 in Corona Viva, and Davidoff, Late Hour in Robusto, with much, much more to come. Have a suggestion? Email us. Hello at loungelizardspod.com. That's hello at loungelizardspod.com. Our podcast is supported by the Fabrica Five Cigar Company. Straight from the Honduran factory to your hands, the company was built by Rob Isla of Friends of El Habano and Bon Roberts fame and Cuban master blender Hamlet Peretti's. The entire cigar line is blended by Rob and Hamlet and is refined with feedback from a hand-selected tasting panel, the Friends of El Habano Forum, and smokers like you. You can even jump on the FOH Forum right now and post reviews and comments. And you might even hear from Rob or Hamlet when you do. Rob has opened the discount floodgates and now exclusive to Lizard listeners, Fabrica 5 is offering 10% off the entire store. That's all five packs, all 25 count bundles, all 50 count bundles using promo code LIZARDPOD at Fabrica005.com. That's code LIZARDPOD, one word. Plus, worldwide free shipping from Miami on all orders over $125 US. Again, use code LIZARDPOD for 10% off the entire Fabrica 5 store right now. That's Fabrica005.com. Fabrica005.com. You must be 21 years of age or older to order. Fabrica 5. No boxes, no bands, no bullshit. And now, let's get into the episode. Welcome to the Lounge Lizards Podcast. It's so good to have you here. It's a leisure and lifestyle podcast founded on our love of premium cigars, as well as whiskey, travel, food, work, and whatever else we feel like getting into. My name is Gizmo, and tonight I'm joined by Rooster, Pooba, Senator Pagoda, Grinder, and Bam Bam, a full house of lizards. And our plan is to smoke a cigar, drink some scotch, talk about life, and of course, have some laughs. So take this as your 12th official invitation to join us and become a card-carrying lounge lizard. Plan to meet us here once a week. We're going to smoke a New World cigar tonight, share our thoughts on it, and give you our formal lizard rating. Senator will give us some history on Fuente. We discuss storing your cigars in a locker, as well as our love of the television show Yellowstone, all among a variety of other things for the next hour. So sit back, get your favorite drink, light up a cigar and enjoy, as we pair our Toro Fuente's Don Carlos Eye of the Shark with 12-year-aged Abelor Scotch. A lizard delicacy tonight, the Arturo Fuente Don Carlos Eye of the Shark, which is, I mean, you'll never, you won't find another cigar that looks like this. It's a uh, Robusto that at the top is a Bellicoso, rounded, and then goes into a box press all the way to the foot. I mean, just an unbelievable presentation. Of course, comes in a great box from, from Fuente, as they always do, but... Just a beautiful, beautiful cigar. And these are very hard to find, and damn, do we love them. Mm-hmm. Do we love them? Yeah, it's really a box-pressed torpedo because it's, it's a, it just goes straight down. Yeah, it's amazing. It's really It's cool. got to be difficult to roll, right? I mean, it's got to be difficult to put this together. How they do this. Yeah. So, all right, let's cut it, see what we get on the cold draw and the wrapper. So the, uh, the Don Carlos line has been around for quite some time, 1976. This shape in the Don Carlos line was not released until 2017, and in that year uh, was rated a 97 in Cigar Aficionado and was the number one cigar of the year. So um, this is definitely a, a well-regarded and loved cigar. That's uh, 2017, right? Yeah, 2017. When it first came out, first year it came out, it was number one. Big oh. fan of this cigar. It's, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's just so good. It's, it's a cookie. Yeah. Dude, is this a is this a graham cracker? Graham yeah, cracker. I was about to say that. Yep. It's the most dessert-like stick I've ever had. The shark, just an unbelievable cigar. This is yeah. The cold draw is just. It's different. It's built different. <laughs> it's built different. It's 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 wild. My draw is absolutely perfect. By the way, same same. How's your cut, Giz? Great cut. Come oh, on. Oh, yeah, we got to make sure. All righty. It still looks like a bellicoso at the top. Well done, Giz. <laughs> Bunch of ball busters and the lizards here. All right, boys, let's light this thing. The Don Carlos Eye of the Shark from Arturo Fuente. So this has been sitting for a while, right? 
Yeah. Yeah. So in my, so as the supplier, I opened a fresh box for the lizards. I supplied this for tonight. Thank you, Senator. This has been sitting a year. At least. At least. uh, Probably over a year in my humidor. So there is already heavy age on this cigar, but it's also got some extra age just sitting in my humidor for a, a good period of time. All right. Let's light this thing up. It's a beautiful Robusto. Five and three quarters, so 52 good. ring gauge. Just the first draw. I'm sorry. The aroma I'm it's getting just while it's being lit is like I'm in some sort of like a pastry shop or like baking factory. This is unbelievable. So good. <laughs> Whenever we get Carlito Fuente on the pod, we just got to do this one again. I mean, yes, we just we got to say, no. what are you, he, what are just, you doing? He, we need, what are we you need doing a backdoor. We need a backdoor source for he's, this cigar. He's Drew, he's Drew is dating and infusing graham cracker cookie into the the shark. Wow, he's feeding the shark graham cooker. The light on these is so special every single time. So I, I would like even, to. Wait. I don't even mess. I don't even mess around. I take time with the light. I would yeah. like to give this a rating of 10. Yeah, can we, give, can we, give, can we just jump, jump to the rating? I know what I'm going to give it already. 10 it's it is. On the open. Yeah. These are very, very hard to find. Why yeah. is that? I think it's because they've got to be supply, so hard to... Supply and demand. <laughs> oh, it's not even that. I mean, look. They're let, just so hard to, to roll. I mean... Let's take demand completely out of the equation. There are only three... Cigars that are made in this shark size that someone coined years ago. It's the Don Carlos Shark, the Opus Shark, and the Arturo Fuente Anejo Shark. Those are the only three made in this size. To roll a cigar that looks as outrageous as this does with this bellicoso at the end, like is said, and it just flares out and gets larger and then is box pressed at the end. I mean, this is not easy to do. And, you know, Fuente is very guarded about exactly what's in this cigar because they've they clearly there's some magic here and the wrapper is an is an african cameroon wrapper the tobacco inside is all from the dominican but they don't say much else beyond that what they do say that the tobacco is heavily aged i'd have to guess five seven years uh, but beyond that we don't know a whole lot more and um i think because of Clearly, the aging required and what they put into this and how hard this must be to roll, they don't produce a ton of these cigars. So you add into it, of course, the demand, and that just exacerbates the problem. But Yeah, I mean, it's talent, just talent. Like this, this, whole, th- this whole cigar is talent. Yeah. The way they age it, the, obviously the leaves, whoever fucking rolls this thing, you know, the, the band on it, the presentation of the box, the flavor is obviously out of this world. It's... It's really something special. So tobaccos that are in this, I mean, they're aged tobaccos, and I think they're grown in the Chateau Fuente, their own very special farm that they grow. You know, a lot of the, uh, maybe the Opus blends and the shark. That's right. I didn't know. I didn't know it was. So there's DC Opus X and the other one. What was the other one? Yeah, Anejo. Anejo. Yeah. So they all Which come in the shark thing. Vitola. Yeah. 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 I've never. We should. Have you ever had the, any of the others? I've, I've had, had all of them. Yeah. I so have, how would you compare? I have two. So, I mean, the, the reason I was happy to provide this tonight, th- this I think is the best of any of the sharks that are made. I've had the Opus Shark, which is also an outstanding smoke. There's some debate, I think, even among the lizards. For me, my personal preference is the Don Carlos Shark over the Opus Shark. I know there are some guys that feel differently. Um, and the Anejo Shark, it is a really, really dark wrapper. Yeah. It's straight sugar and molasses and just a really it's a full intense body, smoke. Full body smoke, full flavor. Really intense. Yeah. And so for this size, this is a big cigar. It, it's just a little too much for me to, in, to appreciate fully. It's not a bad cigar by any stretch. I won't criticize it, but it's just it's a lot for something this big. And uh, for me, the Don Carlos Shark is just what checks every box yeah. and, and why I love this cigar. I love I love everything that Opus X has. <laughs> I've never had a bad one. So I'm curious to if, eventually to do like a, you know, a duel between well, the, the, the Opus the X Opus, shark. I mean, if you have had like a really old Opus, like when they first came out, they were very different than the current ones. Really? The Opus now, it's got to sit for a while, at least a few years. 
if you had an Opus when the first came out, man, that was like good, maybe like 12, 15 years ago when they came out. I mean, those Opuses, they were phenomenal. And we had the pleasure to have a double, I think it was a double Corona. A double Robusto. A double Robusto that That's a friend right. of ours had. Mm-hmm. And he, you know, was generous enough to let us try well, them. Well, we forced him to share them. Forced but. him to try them. <laughs> <laughs> and they were unbelievable. Unbelievable. They were. I mean, they sat in his humidor or cabinet for like good six, seven years. And they were unreal. Unreal. So, I mean, to me, like, this this is a great stick. I mean, I prefer the Opus over this. It's a slightly more complex, more balanced, a little smoothed out. So, but, you know, if you can ever find it, I mean, they're so hard. To, even yeah. this one is so hard to find, but the Opus, forget it. You just don't come across it that often. I think the Opus has a bit more flavor profile than this, but this, I think, is much creamier. So, which much smoother. Which one was, yeah. like, the cigar of the year, the DC this, or this, this one? This one here. This okay. one, yeah. So and what's funny to me is when we when we talk about these cigars and discussing the flavors and all this other fun stuff, right? We immediately do, you know, the comparison in our minds, right? Every cigar we have is like, how is this rate to the other one that I've had or a recent cigar? Because we're always relying on that on that kind of potpourri of flavors that we're that we're balancing and tasting. And I find it fascinating that we're always, no matter what taste tasting or cigar smoking session we're having or a podcast, we're always comparing it to another, another Cuban, another, you know, Fuente or whatever. Right. Senator, I know, you know, a little bit about the Fuente family and, and the history here. What can you share with us to kind of color our uh, understanding of? Yeah, so it's funny. I'm not a huge Fuente guy, and I, I love the. I feel like we all love the family history. We talked about Padron. That's a you know generations of family have run that business, and Fuente is actually very similar, run in the same vein. <clears throat> so just in in just doing a little homework and, and just reading about uh, the history and how they got here, I think it's very fascinating. So Fuente was established in 1912 in Tampa, Florida. At the time, they were importing Cuban tobacco, but rolling the cigars there in Tampa. Following a catastrophic fire in 1924, so 12 years after the business started, uh, the brand ceased production for 22 years. They essentially didn't have the money to start from scratch. The whole factory burned to the ground. And it reemerged in 1946 on a limited local basis. And this was one of the funniest parts of this story. So Arturo Fuente, who, of course, founded the brand, when it reemerged just locally, he had his son, Carlos, and his siblings roll 50 cigars a day after school. That's <laughs> literally how he restarted the brand. I mean, I'm sure now there are like child labor laws probably against that, but that's how it started. So he was just selling and distributing locally in, in the area. And then in 1958, Arturo transferred the company to his son, Carlos, for a dollar to essentially try to build and grow it. And so Carlos Sr. knew the only way at that point to really monetize and stay in business was either to go the machine route because they didn't have the labor, they couldn't afford to have all these people hand-rolling these cigars or to go elsewhere to move the operation. And so um, they first went to Nicaragua, later went to Honduras, and both of those didn't work out. So in Nicaragua, the Sandinistas Uh, Their uprising forced the Fuentes out of Nicaragua. Then in Honduras, this fire thing becomes a theme because their factory in Honduras also burned down. In that time period, while they were in those two countries, the Don Carlos brand was born in 1976. Fast forward to 1980. This was sort of the last ditch effort, right? They've struck out Nicaragua, Honduras, the factory burns down. Carlos Sr. mortgaged his home and cashed out his retirement to try to bring the brand back and moved it to the Dominican Republic where it still exists today. Obviously, that was a very good bet. So Tabacalera Fuente, the big factory that's still there where they produce, you know, most of the cigars that they make, that opened its doors in 1980. And Carlos Sr.'s son, who was 26 years old at the time, Carlito, who now today we know obviously runs the brand, um, he was instrumental in really establishing the brand in the Dominican and growing it to what it has become today. 
Um, and then eventually in 1995, Carlito launched Opus X, which is another brand within Fuente's, uh, 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 the, the Fuente brand. And so that this was the thing that fascinated me. I never knew this until I read this. Opus X was the first Dominican Puro cigar, period. Ever? Ever. Dominican wow. Puro. Hmm. Never knew that. So just a fascinating family story of you just see, I mean, three generations of Fuentes, essentially, very similar to the, the Padron model um, that have run, owned, and operated that business. It's pretty incredible. Well, that's an, I didn't know that. That's interesting. The first Dominican Puro. Can we get into the flavor? I was just going to say, I mean, what do you guys get? My on this? God, it's unbelievable. I, I have to start. I'm sorry. I, it's, you know, <laughs> look, I obviously I love this cigar, but I haven't had one of these. Actually, wow, this is sad. I know exactly the last time I had one of these. It was a year ago. So the, these have definitely been in my humidor for then well over a year. Rooster is exactly right. Because the last time I lit this cigar up, it was, was in May. No, no, no. May or June? We no, were no, with no, way you. Way earlier. We, we were okay, with you. sorry. Maybe I did light one up yeah, in between. We them. were with you, yeah. But the time that I vividly remember, it was in my lounge here with my father on Christmas Eve of last year. And that was the first time he had ever had the Don Carlos Shark, and the two of us were just sitting here. I mean, again, I've smoked a lot of these and every single time, and that's why even I guess I had one maybe May or June but I've only had one then in the past, you know, year. And every time it gets me and it's the complexity of the flavors because when I'm getting right off the light, I'm getting citrus, honey, like a, a sweet honey, creamy flavor. And um, that, that gingerbread baking spice, it, it's just my goodness, shortbread. It, it's incredible. It's woody, right? You get like woodiness and musty and, you know, and definitely the citrus. You yep. get some citrus. It's I, like, I, it's like I, a lemon meringue mm -hmm. pie in a cigar. I am yeah. getting a bit of baking spice in this thing. Yeah. yeah. Oh, now, yeah. On the retro hill. Yeah, it's really, it's, it's a, it's a really, it's a complex, sophisticated, very, very elegant smoke. I, 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 you know, it, it's, it's something to behold it's a it's this is this is an ultra premium cigar in my opinion that uh everyone i've ever smoked has just been outstanding they're just so good um i have such a weird flavor profile that i'm getting now your everyone's ears are probably perking up because i have such a bizarre association with flavors i'm getting like sh short ribs <laughs> I'm getting like a no my, I'm, I'm getting like a Maillard reaction from like a, a good a good steak, like like the deglazing of a pan. I'm serious. I don't get that. <laughs> no, this has a lot of dessert flavors. Too. Yeah, it does. Oh yeah, uh, not meat it's got spice though. No, no meat here. Not well, not meat, not meat. Like meat for meat's sake, like Maillard meat, like charred, like good, you know, rendered beef. Beef. That's been, that's been, well. Premium, prime beef. <laughs> Clearly. Wagyu. Wagyu. I'm, I'm, this is to me a, a dessert, like to, to go on what Senator was saying. I mean, citrus baking, like it's like, it, it's literally a, a lemon meringue pie in a cigar for me. It's not a, it's not a flavor bomb though. It's, I think, very... It's so smooth. It's smooth and elegant, and you're getting those notes. But I still think you get a lot of flavor. Oh, you get a lot of flavor. Yeah. That's for me, it's not like a bomb, flavor bomb, but I'm getting a ton of... For me, baking, baking spice. It's so different than a Cuban cigar. Yeah. Right? Yeah. The flavors are very different. Yeah. The other thing is the construction of this cigar. I mean, I remember... So, ironically, and I have to give Rooster credit, the first time I ever had this cigar... Rooster gave me one of these. We were at a lounge of ours, and I had heard about this cigar. It's hard to find, and um, they usually pop up at like at, at tobacco shops and retailers, especially around the holidays. Is usually when Fuente will ship these out, and uh, you got to get them quickly because everybody buys them up. And uh, I remember just seeing the shape; it was just so outrageous to me. And this is the one of the only cigars, and I can count on one hand. And we've all smoked hundreds, not thousands of cigars. 
the one of the only cigars that I've smoked all the way down to the end without ashing a single time. I have a photo from that Christmas Eve smoking here with my dad and I just, I couldn't, it's just this, I'm looking at everyone's cigar, beautiful white ash to start. And it just holds on for dear life. The The construction is just, it, it's something to marvel at. I've, I, there are only three cigars made in this shape and how it burns so evenly and so perfectly. I just am always captivated by as I'm sitting there watching the cigar. This thing is built like a skyscraper. It's built for, it's built for sturdy, you know, you know, draw. It is. It's very firm. It's 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 packed. Uh, it's densely packed, but the draw is great. It's just constructed really well. Like you said, it's like an art form. What they're doing with the cigar. I mean, even like you mentioned, but down to the band. I mean, the Don Carlos band is like a is like an embossed thick piece of paper. I mean, it's it's everything that they're doing with with the line is just a I, a plus plus. I I mean, I like the cigar in any shape, though. You know. Yeah. This one especially is just the pinnacle. Well, a lot of the, a lot of the, a lot yeah, of the but flavor I don't notes. Think, but I don't think the other cigars that, from the line that I've had taste anything like this. I mean, I they agree. do, but I they totally agree with but, you. But this is completely a standout. I agree for me. I've had a, uh, Rooster. We've had this cigar. What? What's the other Don Carlos that comes in that black box? It's it's an anniversary of the Don Carlos. Yeah, it's the. Uh, is that the 80th? It might be yeah, the man's be. 80th, I think 80th, it's called. The man's yeah. anniversary. And that's a very good cigar, but to what Puba just said, I, I completely yeah, it's agree. It's not complex like this. There, there's no Don Carlos that I've had that is, I, I mean, t- this is just one of the best cigars I've period. Yeah, I haven't had a New World cigar that tastes anything like this. Right. I haven't had a cigar at all that tastes anything like what this cigar tastes like. It just, it's kind of, which makes it really cool because it's, it's like special all on its own um even though it has that same band it has the it's it's technically part of the same line but it's just but it's not the same well that goes that goes to like the 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 commentary on how much a shape can influence a blend yeah but is it all that we don't know i don't think that i don't i'm not sure that you think it's a different blend? I, no, it's, it is a different. It's got to be. Arturo Fuente says it's a different blend. Okay. Yeah, because there's no way it's the same blend. It wouldn't. I've I've had other cigars from the line, and they're just not. They just don't taste like this. I don't think they're aging fillers as long as they do for this cigar and the rest of their line. And this is as I mean the premier premier tobacco. Oh yeah. I mean, this is the best cigar Don Carlos makes, period. It's one of the best cigars in the world. Agreed. Wow, we're smoking the best cigar in the you world. You know what's amazing is uh, you get enjoyment on both ends. The smoke output, it's quite, it's really tasty. It smells yeah. awesome. The, 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 after, the after scent aroma is, yeah. is exceptional. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's the be- it's best exactly. cigar out of the Dominican Republic. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I mean, that, that's, I'm sorry, like, First of all, if that's true, which I'm happy to have that debate because I, I think it's definitely top three out of the Dominican Republic. Um, that's high praise. Is this a I mean, Davidoff well, I is out of. I think it's top of the Dominican. That's Republic. what I'm saying. Like that. What, what, what else do you put in the top three? I mean, the Chef's Edition. Chef's we Edition I came out of there. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But is so, that was that a Dominican puro though? No, oh, neither almost, is this. This isn't either. Pure, this, right? this isn't either. Cam- no, Cameroon neither is. On this. Yeah, and the yeah, other because I it's mean, got that, the that African. Had, it's so a, then, you know. This is a truly. This is like an, uh, going back to, to, uh, to what we were when we were talking about Liga. This is like a real blend. They're, t- you know, that's a lot of Davidoff too. I mean, that's a lot of New World. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's what we're talking. It's a lot of New World. I mean, this is a really unique. I think it's, this is an expression. Uh, Kind of going back to we talked about with the with Liga, um, not really to compare the the T nine to 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 this, but because uh, that's not wouldn't be even fair. But I think that that it's an expression of creativity. That is interesting. I I was shocked when I read that this only came out five years ago. This cigar, I mean, I didn't know that. Yeah. So it only came out in twenty seventeen. It's it's. 
And obviously then they, they ported this size to Opus and to uh, the Anejo. But um, I, I was surprised because this is a very high praise, well-regarded, and like, like Senator said, when it pops up, it goes fast. Like the box I found, I, I found them in the Dominican. There were none in the States. Like it's a very, very hard cigar to find. I got mine off the back of the truck. <laughs> in, in Secaucus? <laughs> the thing I love about the shape, I love a torpedo, and I love just about any box press cigar. And the idea of being able to combine those two things, I mean, man, just incredible. You know how you can tell this is not a Cuban? The band just came right off. Yeah, just opens up. <laughs> <laughs> there, was, there was no struggle. You mean you didn't rip the wrapper while you were... Uh... <laughs> no struggle at all. You but know, we, is... we've talked about Padron a lot, uh, obviously, on the pod. And, and this is the first Fuente we had, first of many. But I, I think we've talked about it before. But, uh, you know, smoking this again under the microscope of the podcast, it really makes me excited for that upcoming pairing that they're putting out this summer. Uh, honoring each other's fathers. Like, I can't wait to see what Fuente does for the, you know, uh, Jose Padron and and uh, Padron does for uh, uh, Carlito Fuente's dad. Can't wait for you to procure those for us. Oh, it's definitely, I, I will be all over that. Please. I promise you that. I can't wait. You know, it's, it's, um, it's not strong. It's elegant. Um, and it's sophisticated. It, that's what it feels like, at least to me. Um, it's, um, and I think the person who's going to smoke it and really appreciate it is someone who is, is an is somewhat of an aficionado. I mean, you gotta to really appreciate this. You gotta understand to get the kind of flavor that you're getting out of this takes a lot of effort craftsmanship um and and like master blending to really blend something like this yeah it's I, it's 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 pretty artisanal i it's, think you need a diversified palette to to appreciate it and, and you know some someone who has had the strong cigars has had the medium bodied has had the lighter cigars but full flavor someone who can kind of go around all the different sections of someone's flavor profile you know i mean this doesn't taste cuban but it's like it's in my wheelhouse it doesn't taste cuban not at it, all it doesn't have it has does, to me it has no, no cuban, cuban qualities yeah. whatsoever but what it does have is that kind of like medium but full flavored delivery that's so satisfying like to me that's like the sweet spot senator that's your sweet spot that's like where it's like it's delivering this like long, like you, you blow the smoke out of your mouth, right? And then it's like, it has this finish that just lasts and lasts. I can still taste it, right? It's like, it's still on your palate and it's just hanging out. And to me, that's a sophisticated, complex cigar, not something that's going to blow my hair back. Um, full flavored medium powered very sophisticated smoke and, and to your point puba i mean obviously you know we're not ever going to suggest that this is like a cuban but there are certain elements of it you know these sort of shortbread flavors dessert like flavors you get out of this you know that's the kind of thing that reminds me of things that you would get out of like an upman cuban i was just about to say that it's exactly what like it reminds me of some of the qualities you get out of an aged Upman too, or, or like, you know, and you're just, it gives you that, that really wonderful thing that you need sometimes, which is kind of this, these baking spices, these, a little bit of citrus, a little bit of, it, it's delicious. It actually, it makes my, made the hairs in the back of my neck stand up. I'm not trying to sound yeah. like a loser. No, it's true. But it's, but it, this is a great fucking cigar. It, it tastes like a Lorna Dune. It's like a it's, Lorna, if, if there was a Lorna Dune cookie it's, cigar. It's a great cigar. I, to me, it, it just, when I smoke this cigar, time just slows down a little bit. Like, it, it really demands your appreciation and your, your 
and and your time. It takes time to smoke the cigar. Yeah. yeah. It's it's yeah. You take your time. You don't. Ru- I don't rush it. It's great. And you know the MSRP on this cigar, by the way, is only twelve dollars and fifty cents. No, it's not. Good uh, luck, good luck no. finding no, it. No, I, I'm not. saying it's the not. MSRP is. I know that's not where you're going to find it. That's the the MSRP on this cigar yeah, according whatever, to CA. Yeah, whatever you well. Uh, so it's funny. I was on CA. They actually listed at twenty-two. Oh well, there you go. Um, I MSRP literally just doesn't looking, mean anything. What, what you'll find it on, on at any retailer for is anywhere between eighteen and twenty-five. MSRP for anyone in retail means nothing. Sure, but yeah. I'm just saying that you know it's interesting that you know it's not a fifty-dollar cigar. You know, right. it's not a sixty-dollar cigar. To me, this is worth, and I hope, I hope Carlito doesn't listen to this and change the price, but. This is worth $50 to me. That's the kind of smoke that we have here. This at $18 to $25 is a value smoke all day, every day. I 100% agree with that. Do you guys want to get into the uh, our pairing tonight? I got to tell you, the sherry notes I'm getting right off of this, this scotch is fantastic. What is the scotch? It goes beautifully with this particular cigar. So I'm, wow. I'm, I'm happy to just tee it up a bit. I did not bring this, so I first I want to thank Pagoda. Pagoda. Uh, is the source of our pairing tonight, the Abelor 12. Um, I did suggest this pairing because I've had this before. I actually really like this scotch, and I obviously love this cigar, so I wanted to do it justice by pairing something with some sweet sherry notes that I think would pair nicely. And the Abelor 12, it's paired, it, it's, um, it's aged half in sherry casks and half in ex-bourbon barrels. And I think it is you know, Giz uses this word a lot, approachable. I stole that from Puba, by the way. Or from Puba. And I think that it's a very, very approachable single malt in the sense that, one, I think it's very smooth. Yeah, it's really nice. Two, I think it has, you know, the sherry sweetness really dominates in terms of the flavor profile. And um, I think it's really versatile. I think it just works in a lot of different ways. So I, I've I only recently in the last two years started to get into Abelor. Um, they make a lot, and uh, I've been very impressed with what I've tried. So I, I don't know I don't know much about Abelor, but I, and I've had I've had it before, but I just haven't done the research for it. This this scotch to me is very sherry forward, more so than other. I mean, we all love sherry cast scotch. This is. You really, you really get hit with it soon when you when you taste that, it. Well, that's what I said when 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 I first tasted it before we before we hit record because that's what I always do. <laughs> I don't sneak wait. A little taste. I always sneak a little taste. You rebel. And, and Giz gets mad at me and says, "What are you doing tasting it?" No, I'm drinking it now. The uh, uh, and I said to uh, when Senator was grabbing uh, uh, the package that it came in. And I said, "Is this is this has got to be sherry cask? Like this is full because it's half American oak, half sherry. But you can really get. I mean, that's what I got. It was like boom, sherry bomb. It is. The, the sher- I, I'm getting sherry, very more sherry pronounced on the first sip. The my my finish is definitely oaky though. Definitely oaky. It's a really nice pairing with the cigar too. Very nice. Yeah, it's it's terrific because it's it's." The, the the sherry is sweet, um, and it it pairs really nice because this is kind of a it's this cigar has a lot of sweetness to it. Definitely a dessert cigar. Absolutely. And I'm just watching. You know, you know, we've we've done quite a few pods now. We've certainly smoked a lot of cigars together, and the the uh, the rhythm that everybody is smoking with this cigar is so different than any other cigar we smoke. Every it's almost like a. It's like a dance, so you know, a little bit like just the way you have to treat well, you and don't, appreciate the Well, cigar. you don't want it to end. You don't. You don't. <laughs> you don't want it to burn out, and you don't want it to end. You don't want it to end. It, it, it really delivers a really a, a full experience, which is nice, so classy, and and um, unlike anything else. I mean, I haven't ta- I, I I haven't really tasted a, a, a standard line Fuente or Don Carlos that tastes like this. It just doesn't. Pretty pretty consistent so far, right? Flavors Which is, haven't really changed that much. And I don't want it to. No, it's it's fantastic. Yes, it is. Yeah. No, this is really enjoyable. It's definitely not a meal for me. I mean, to say from steak to 
lemon meringue. Uh, but uh, so you're getting meat notes as I'm well. I'm getting a lot of <laughs> I'm getting a lot of sweetness. Uh, <laughs> not getting the meat sweats like no, me. I'm not just no. getting some lamb vindaloo. Lamb Rogan Josh. Rogan Josh. Yeah, I know it's uh, it's fantastic. It's, uh, like um, I think everyone's mentioning, it's uh, one of the cigars you do want to really kind of, uh, you know, we're savoring it, right? Like enjoying it moment by moment. It's great. Uh, good amount of, uh, like for me, I don't even get, uh, um, uh, you know, some of the citrus notes which some people are talking about. And maybe my palate's very different. I don't different, get it either. Yeah. But I'm definitely getting the sweetness, the baking spices and, and the creaminess and, and that's why I'm really enjoying it. I think uh, yeah, I just enjoy these types of cigars anyway. So it's been great. Um, and um, in terms of the whiskey, you know, this is the first time I'm actually trying this. I, you know, I know Senator suggested a couple of whiskeys and I thought I'd bring this one uh, for this particular po podcast. And uh, surprisingly, I'm really, really enjoying it. And I've got to try and bring it into my, you know, uh, I guess a collection of whiskeys that I really typically enjoy. Yeah. Very, I'm getting more of the sherry. I haven't been like, and it's the, the sweetness is persistent even in the back end, uh, which I'm really enjoying because oftentimes uh, when I have whiskey, I'll get the sweetness and then a slight sharp taste in the back uh, when I'm somewhat gulping it. Um, but in this particular case, it's, the sweetness is pretty well sustained. Uh, really enjoying it. Uh, uh, I think I'm going to go back and meditate. So, <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, the funny thing is, when you're talking about the sherry and the sweetness, I, having had this before, I thought this was 100% aged in sherry cast. I did not know that it was half and half until picking up the bottle and actually looking at it. So why I've always enjoyed Abelor, I love almost anything in sherry we've talked about, you know, McAllen 12 sherry. That's a lot of our favorite, you know, everyday scotch. And um, Abelor, I think, really delivers on the sherry front. Well, yeah, and even the, the packaging's red. Yeah. yeah. So, you're like, you know, <laughs> subliminally you're thinking, this is going to taste like sherry. <laughs> what's, the, uh, what's the price on this thing? Abelor's, well, actually. It, yeah, it wasn't very expensive. Um, I think um, it was around 50 bucks plus or minus, maybe Four, closer to 60. I'm no, not sure. no, well, I, I don't know what you pay. I mean, usually the MSRP on this is usually 45. Oh, is that not right? expensive. It's actually very affordable. MSRP. Yeah, it might have been 50 with taxes. Um, because I, you know, I ended up buying quite a few scotches and it's just. This is a wonderful, this, this serves it to me. It's like, an, it's, it's a wonderful after dinner drink. Um, it's not a scotch that I would pick up um, like a McAllen, like I would before dinner or anytime. Anytime. <laughs> in the shower. In the shower. <laughs> in, the shower. <laughs> in the shower or, or with an omelet. Uh, but, um, <laughs> or with a ham sandwich. Um, anytime. But uh, Caesar salad. Caesar salad. Exactly, Caesar salad. We love Caesar. How much do we love Caesar salad? Come on. Come All right, on. let me just say that Puba and Grinder have a side chat, and I think that they. What are you talking about? You have a side chat, and we all know it, and <laughs> we're all aware of this side chat. And uh, I feel like it's full of Caesar salads, and whiskeys, and just memes. That yeah. is what you do all day. Well, you know, but no, we talk about Caesar salad. Uh, and then we talk about, you know, other issues that maybe we all aren't aligned on. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a debate. Uh, but not really. But we do love Caesar. We love the Caesar salad from, uh, from, 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 yeah, if we love Caesar salad from the pizza love. That, we love that. I don't think I've been in this room and see so many long ashes on, the, on our cigars. Yeah, it's, mine's I mean, almost, what, two inches? Multiple, multiple two inch. Uh, look at this. Crazy. Yeah. You try to ash this, almost it every come stick. Off. It's I think Gizmo's unreal. ahead of all of us right now. Look at that thing. I plan to keep Senator's it going. right behind. So I, you know, Fantastic. I don't know uh, the the cigar. I, you know, we all have the similar. Wow, look at your ash. Yeah, similar. Unreal. The, so the first time that look at uh, Senator's ash. 
first time Senator gave me one of run these. Run for office with that ash. <laughs> <laughs> first time Senator gave this to me, I smoked it down, uh, if you remember, and it was a no ash thing, kind of like that Anahato we had a few weeks ago. But, um, you know, I find that these at 65 R, or 65RH humidity are uh, just, it's, they're smoking brilliantly. Just a little, just a touch lower. You know, yeah. smoking great. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that Anahato, that Upman Anahato, uh, 2011. What a cigar! I just got a box of those yesterday. I've got a box coming. Yeah, from from who? From RG. Yes, sir. From your group, Puba. That's Thanks right. Thanks for uh, it was up. Me know. Thanks for introducing us. You're welcome. Bam Bam is gonna wreak havoc on that group. I just, I'm sorry. He's that gonna, he's gonna whip his dick out and make everyone quiver. <laughs> 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 just back on the construction. Again, I think if we went around this room and asked how many times you've had a cigar that you smoked all the way down to the end without ashing a single time, we'd all say very few and far between. And I, I'm just amazed. Again, it's been months since I've had this. I'm looking around. I mean, almost so many guys have two-inch ashes on their cigar that they haven't done, haven't ashed, haven't touched up. And it's just one of the only, the construction is so consistently outstanding. I'm always blown away by it. Uh, and I'll, I'll piggyback on that. I still can't believe that this is an 18 to $25 cigar. I can't believe it. Honestly, I can't if, believe these, it. if these stop being made, which I, I would shed tears over, but if they did and, and you had to pay $50, $80 to get another one of these to have this experience again, I would absolutely do it. I think we all would. In a heartbeat. This yeah. is something you just chase. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a special occasion stick. Yeah, I, I feel like I should ash it because just because I'm like scared it's going to fall on my lap or worse. No. Senator's just, just, hold it, just hold it like Bam. Yeah, just hold it. Uh... Look at Bam. That's what I want to do. I asked mine once. I think but... Rooster's got five, six boxes of these somewhere. Oh, oh. he definitely does. Oh, he does. You did. They searched your locker. <laughs> <laughs> and they, 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 you got they, popped. Yeah, yeah. I called Mrs. Rooster, she told me. No, they, uh, what's, what's it called? Uh, the Narcs. The, uh, North what, Korea. What, what's the North Korean leader's name? Kim, Kim Jong-un. Jong 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 Mrs. Kim, Mrs. Mrs. Ill. <laughs> she, she is ill. Mrs. Ill. <laughs> Kim Jong's wife searched her locker. Yeah. You're still a bachelor. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The great leader's wife. She does all the dirty work. She she searched her locker. She's the one. She found five boxes of sharks. Sorry, they're still there. Are, are they really? Of you don't keep that shit. Man. I do too. It's like, seven, it's like 78 degrees relative humidity in those lockers. I know. The cigars probably have like well, mold all over. That's them. probably mine's not burning as well as yours. That's what I was Oh my god, it's boating. That's what I was I saying. Your cigar I isn't know. even burning. Oh, see? They, they, I didn't even a, see that. Should have taken one from Senator. You should have taken North Korea. Yeah, I'll it's take like another 87 one. degrees. <laughs> like Start now. Start now. <laughs> you know, it's they swamp, like it's swampland over there, man. It is, it is. They you know what? They're they're taking like a Vicks humidifier and like blasting it into your locker Vicks. because you didn't buy the boxes there. I want to like blasting it in there. <laughs> I want to make this sabotage your cigars. I, I want to pick up on it's that because lunacy. I think this is actually important for listeners that <laughs> either are members of cigar lounges or are going to join a cigar lounge. Obviously a locker comes with being a lounge member just about anywhere. And something every listener should do is make sure just stick a little hydrometer in that locker and understand what that cigar shop owner or lounge owner keeps those lockers at. And if the humidity is higher than 70%, you need to absolutely not store anything in there. And if it's going to be 68, 70, then that's fine for New World cigars. But do not put Cubans in there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You're right, 100%, Senator. If if you if if you in cellophane in a box, you could probably you can get away with that. Um, the this seven, was in a box. 
These in cellophane in a box, in a box. yeah. But, but it's at like 75 yeah, there, which is the it. problem. Look at the, how that it's cigar not, is it's burning. burning. It's burning. Look, look at the difference. It's look also been in there. It's been in there for a year, right, or over, more. Over a so, year. So, I mean, through that time, I mean, cellophane is porous. I mean, the humidity, the humidity affects it. I mean, to Senator's point. Like, I'm not storing any premium cigars in an environment that I can't monitor the environment, period. And, and, and most of the time at, these, at these, these cigar lounges, they're not maintaining. It's impossible for them to maintain a consistent homeostasis within these environments, it, whether it's temperature, temperature to relative humidity. Fancy it, words. It's, it's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. So if you, if there's no reason why uh, invest in storage, you're better off in a stable Tupperdor with the Bovida than you are in, in, in the, the variable conditions that exist at, at even some of the best cigar lounges. And we know what these cigar lounges are. I mean, high-end places that cost a lot of money and they're not doing a great job um, with it. Uh, maybe some do. I, you know, I don't want to generalize too much, but be careful and monitor what's going on inside that locker, or you could, you're going to have cigars that burn like crap. And in particular, you got to be careful with Cuban cigars, because if if the if the humidity gets really above even 60, 60, 67, 68, you you start approaching seventy, you can get cigar beetles uh, in a heartbeat. Um, that hatch and uh, that can that can ruin a box of cigars, even spread to other lockers. So you just you, 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 the, you, you can't do it. You really can't store Cubans, but in particular in some of these lockers, you can't do it. And this goes back to to what we were saying about just the retail environment in general. I think a lot of times when we buy a cigar, like Bam bought some cigars that we're going to review in the coming weeks, like. We take them home from that retailer because we can't trust that those retailers are keeping them well. And we store them in our own environment so that when we review them on the pod and we give you a rating, that they're coming from a, a, right. a consistent situation humidity-wise. The, right. The reason why retailers store it, they, they, propose, they, they say 70, 70, 70, it's because that's the, that's the ratio that they can actually manage the environment like a huge JR cigar that easily where people coming in and out, there's air conditioning, there's humidity. They can only really keep it. They can't really keep the relative humidity down that low with people coming in. So they just say the happy medium in a retail environment is going to be 70, 70. So they kind of promote that, but when really it's not the ideal storage conditions for cigars, in Absolutely. my opinion, I agree. They're doing close. that for practical purposes. Um, and then people, the average, a lot of average cigar smokers just walk out with their cigars and they may not smoke them, put them in a bad environment, and they don't want them to dry out immediately. So, it, you know, they're, they're hedging and they're saying, I can't keep this environment like this. It's just not realistic to keep it in anything else but 77. The, the flavor differences be, between cigars that are maintained below 70 and those that are not is actually very noticeable. Like it, you you know, it's probably more so with Cubans. Like Cuban cigars are meant to have a little dryness, in my opinion. Yeah. The having a, if you have a cigar that's maintained at 71, whatever it is, 70, 71, and then you have one at 68, you know, on the, on the less humid side, a priori, you know, no difference aside from that. That's the only control that you change. You're definitely going to notice a big difference, in my opinion, for flavor for flavor profile. Now, you want to have some humidity. It's not; it can't be bone dry. But in my experience, it's it's better to err on the drier side than the, no, than the more it, moist side. It really is. And you know what? What's sad is it's not even just retailers. I, I feel like just the cigar industry did everyone a disservice by it probably being very easy and convenient to say you want your humidor at 70% humidity and 70 degrees, right? Same number. How hard can that be to forget? And I remember when I first started smoking cigars years ago, I would worry if my humidor got below 70. When I first started smoking cigars, that's how you're taught. You're told 70 and 70 are the numbers that you want. And as you smoke more cigars and you start experimenting with this and you learn from 
other lizards that have come before us, you realize that that's actually not instruct. It's not very helpful. You want your cigars to be, if they're Cuban, 62 to 65. If they're non-Cuban, 62 to at, I mean, I would say 68. I guess some people would say 70. But you absolutely categorically never want to hit a seven on that humidity reading. And it's just disappointing to me that still I feel like if you were to Google right now what you should keep your cigars at and you just looked at a major retailer's website, that's what it would tell you. And I think we all know, as any lizard or, or you know, real intense cigar smoker knows, you want to be below yeah. that. Yeah, you do. And 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 look, it's hard to keep a, a, a really large humidor. Like if you go into a big JR cigar and it's a, they've got. I mean, shit. It's that's a that's three thousand four thousand square foot four thousand square foot place. They're not keeping the temperature any lower than seventy. Okay, they're just not. Um, and they're not, they're not going to be able to control it in there with people coming in and out and everything else and people in there. So they just, that's just, it's too hard to manage. So that's what they manage it at. Does the outside temperature make a difference? Let's say it's the summer or the winter. Of course. So. Yeah, yeah. Humidity definitely. goes up in the summer. Yeah. Yeah. But I think these, are, these, these are, these, these a good humidor cabinet tower or otherwise, or desktop. Is taking the, the the draw is that it, it, it to use your word homeostasis. You're maintaining a, a certain environment, and that's good. But it is still semi-organic. It's still porous. It's still going to consume the environment around it in some way. And and in winter time, it's drier and colder. In summer times, it's hotter and warmer and more humid. And it's gonna it's you're gonna have to cal you know another word we use a lot. You're gonna have to calibrate accordingly. Yeah. I mean, what are they going to run big dehumidifiers and humidifiers? No, they're not. They're right. not. They're just, it's not going to happen. So 70-70 is manageable for a big retailer. And it's, uh, let's be honest, it's room temperature. <laughs> right. But temperature is not the problem. It's humidity. It, humidity is yeah. the problem. 70 is the perfect temperature. 68 to 72. Temperature really isn't the problem if you're managing your humidity. If your humidity is under 70, 65, 62 for Cubans, you're going to be fine. It's, you know, like, like you said, it's just not manageable in that, that size square footage. It's just not. But at home, guys, I mean, every time you open your, your, your even, like you said, you, you know, it's keeping it stable. But every time you open it to grab stick, it's, it's transferring that whatever's inside it with the ambient outside of it, and it's really affecting it. So for me, when I open my tower in the summer, it's, you know, it, it, it affects it pretty quickly. Winter, it's a little bit better because it's lower, and then it adjusts back up with the bow. Yeah, the delta isn't as wide. Exactly. Big. Summer, yeah. summer's a little tougher. Here's a question for you guys. When you were at the Padron facility, you said they kept their cigars at 56 degrees. There was a reason for that. Why is that? They're not holding it for that long. It comes and goes. So the reason why they keep it that cold, it's literally coming off of the plane in yeah, like which massive has been boxes. Hot. Hot, right? So they kind of keep it cool and it goes right into, you know, they sort it out and, and box them and out it goes. I mean, they have a huge uh, issue with supply and demand right now. I mean, they, they can't supply the demand. So what does the cold give them? The colder temperature? Dehumidification and lower temperature coming off that plane coming mm. from Nicaragua where obviously it's warmer and more humid, but you know, they're putting it right into boxes and then it's getting sent back out. I mean, listen, cigars aren't, Generally, New World cigars aren't as delicate as Cubans, right? right? So, right. you know, it, as long as before you smoke it, you've given it a period of time mm -hmm. to acclimate to whatever you want it to be. Okay. Yeah, they're shipping know. it right out. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Cold is not going to really hurt a cigar. I mean, a lot of guys, that that flux, quick fluctuations in temperature can, quick ones. But a lot of people, and it's somewhat advisable, uh, freeze they're, they're boxes of Cubans when they absolutely wow to, to kill especially to kill cigar beetles yeah especially yeah, farm rolls are you kidding me I'm not never, kidding you I've never heard of that but no, it's no, only it's no, not, no no yeah, yeah. no no this no is a regular no, practice it's fascinating Habano, best, Habanos does that Habanos does I had, that I had no idea best yeah. practices if you have any concern wow that you have cigar beetles what anything will tell you to do is to freeze everything every cigar in that humidor. 
for I forget the period of time you can look this up. I think it's yeah, two weeks. Two, two weeks. weeks do it. it will kill any beetles, and then you can return them to your humidor, and you'll be fine. So no, that that's just best practice. Very so, interesting fact. Uh, about fifteen years ago, Habano started. So there was a beetle problem in the '90s and early 2000s, and Habanos actually started freezing. Everything that leaves the island from Cuba is frozen before it, it reaches oh, wow. a distributor. Uh, but I guess specific, more specifically to today, that's less of a problem now with Cubans, unless you're getting farm rolls or custom rolls, like we mentioned. Those, if I was ordering a farm roll from a, a, a random guy on the island somewhere. I would absolutely be freezing those when they came some in. Some people, you know, some people do still do it. Once it hap- once it happens, once once you get some a cigar beetle or two in your humidor, yeah, that's a nightmare. You, it's a nightmare, and yeah. there are people out there on our groups and other places who always do it because once it happens, it happens. I'm getting a slight erection on this over here. What I'm seeing, what, with the, look at these two guys with our ashes, with their ashes. Incredible! It's incredible. So I, I look. I couldn't have scripted this better because I love this cigar and this is the only cigar I've smoked two of these all the way down without ashing and like clockwork. I can't even believe I'm almost at the end. I mean, everyone can see my grinders right there. See this grinders right there. Grinders there. I'm there. Giz is there. Now I haven't literally just, just look at this almost down to the edge. Hasn't been ashed a single time. And yet again, a Don Carlos shark. I will have smoked without ashing a single time. Yeah. I've got inches of it's ash. Sturdy. It's sturdy. It, it's just it's it's a sight to be seen. I'm so right. Well I'm right there with you. Don't like a skyscraper. skyscraper. When Grinder said a skyscraper, I, I feel like it's the perfect analogy. That's exactly. It's just something to marvel. Well, I think now you can enter the Rocky Patel competition. <laughs> That's right. No, I totally problem, forgot the, about the that. Problem. No, no, no. So this is the problem. So I'm I'm probably smoking this faster than most guys in the room. The problem is you have to smoke it the longest, the slowest. That's why I said rooster. We need to enter into that okay. with, with a Don Carlos shark. Well, you're gonna have to smoke a Rocky, yeah, which he, yeah, he yeah. he'll he'll tap out in two right. seconds. There is no fucking way. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> so what are you guys getting? We're coming into the last third yeah. here. What are you guys getting on this cigar right now? Just I mean, greatness. Just, <laughs> just greatness. Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> what a just flavor greatness. note. Greatness. I love that. Greatness. <laughs> what are you guys getting? I'm still getting that sweetness. Yeah, it's a continuation of the same notes. It's that not it, it hasn't no. changed. Yeah. No, that's that's what I love. I, again, is the consistency guy. The flavors are consistent. I just feel like as you go along with this cigar, they they pick up a little bit in in strength in that they're a little bit bolder than when they start. And um, it's still spectacular. Yeah, a little bit more enhanced flavors ah, from the beginning. No. There goes the ash. Uh-oh. Perfect. Grinder just had an emergency. That's exactly what it is, Rooster. It's just enhanced from what it was yeah. from the, at the top. It's just a great progression. It's linear, but in a really good way. It, it, you know, As Senator, we talked about uh, pre- on previous pods, it's a one-act play, but it's... Just the best one act play you it's can a great find. Act. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Fantastic smoke. By the way, I wanted to say one thing. I'm obsessed, and thanks to you guys, I'm obsessed with this show Yellowstone. <laughs> I know. I mean, there's a bunch of guys in the group who are watching this right now. I have watched three seasons in about a week. Um, I am absolutely obsessed with this show. Great show. It's outstanding. It's up there with Sopranos, Breaking Bad, Ozark, that type of show for me. I cannot get enough of it. Well, yeah, it's 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 the open west. It's Costner. Costner's so good. It's Costner. It's unbelievable. It, it, it's it's by the way, the woman who plays Beth Dutton. Beth is in so that- good. I've never seen act in anything. I don't even know her name. She's an outstanding actress. She's incredible. Outstanding. outstanding. She's the, the power. She's delivering power and intensity. Is that the That's blonde? Like, is that the yes. blonde? Yeah. yeah. The, blonde, the, the She's also quite daughter. hot. <laughs> she is also quite She's hot. She's hot. She is. And and Rip, uh, her her husband. Oh, Rip. Uh, Rip is awesome. Is, Rip is just He's like, awesome. 
that guy is just, he's like, oh man, that guy. Yeah, I, yeah, I went yeah. to, it's so funny. I went to dinner with uh, my wife and I went to dinner with another couple, well, literally just a couple days ago and uh, Yellowstone came up and uh, you know, the husband's talking about, I love Yellowstone. I'm saying the same thing. And he's like, I will fully admit I have a man crush on Rip. He's like, what a great <laughs> fucking character. And I, can't, I can't disagree with it. I mean, the guys that, you know, he's out there doing everything for for the ranch um totally loyal uh because he like epitomizes somebody that you like want on your team you know you you, you know from a business perspective he's so loyal to your point my, my favorite rip line in yellowstone he's explaining to and i won't spoil this because maybe giz isn't quite there yet so i'm only at the top of season yeah. three so i won't i won't set any context so it won't spoil anything but rip says a line to this person who needs some guidance and he says the key to success is to understand that in life you deserve nothing and it stuck with me in such an important way we don't deserve anything that we have we operate every day trying to earn what we have nothing's owed to any of us nothing it's constantly earned i mean our friendship says lizard we don't we don't take that for granted. They're not deserved. They're earned. We and it cultivate can be taken away. And it can be taken away. And that, it just, it, I think it's such an important line that just resonated with me far beyond watching an entertaining show. I just think it's really instructive. In there life. are lots of those pearls in there. There are. It's a great lesson There's for kids. There's lots of those pearls. Great lesson in, for kids. In, 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 in that show. Um, as much as there's violence and conflict and and other things, but uh, but the show is great, and, and the production of it also. Yeah, uh, eighteen eighty three, which is, that a, is, is that a spin off? The prequel, yeah, is is outstanding. I gotta watch that. I, I mean, haven't seen that. It's Faith Hill and and Tim McGraw. Well, don't are, don't forget and, Rooster's Isabelle like May. Uh, Isabel don't May. forget Rooster's favorite <laughs> Isabel May. Isabel May, which is slightly creepy that you're so obsessed with her, <laughs> given, given your age and hers. But whatever. The um, um, you can have Faith Hill. Yeah, I'll, I'll take Faith Hill. Are you out of your mind? Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> Faith Hill is a woman. She is. From I mean, top to, to bottom. bottom to every she's outstanding there's oh, something yeah. about the, the show though and maybe it's the beth character the writing i don't know what it is but it's, it's like it's succession meets sopranos meets the wild west i mean it's just checks every box well, it's got everything that it's you got need everything. in a western yes it's it's, it's it's man's conflict with himself his it's man's conflict with the world and the idea of what the world should be, it's all those things. I've always described this to friends as, I think exactly like Puba said, there are those great Western elements to it. And I'm, I'm not a guy that enjoys Westerns. That's just not really my genre. I think Giz and I have that in common. We were talking Definitely. about that. But it's a Western meets Succession meets House of Cards. Because with Succession, you have the family dynamic of who's going to take control after the father, and with House of Cards, the political element throughout the entirety of the show right. is ever-present. Right. I mean, it's all it's about land preservation. You want to keep, the family wants to keep the land. And, you and know, keep control of being able to parties, keep the land. Parties outside want to take, you know, take over. Right. And the landscape, the, the visual landscape yes. and the yes. aesthetic it's landscape so beautiful. is Scenic. beautiful. But it's also just as dynamic as like, the landscape of New York and the dynamics that happen in secession. It's like, that's a landscape. That's a dynamic, interesting landscape of New York City. And then you go to the other polar extreme and it's this dynamic landscape of, of the West. And, and it's very, very well done. There are few shows like this out it's there. Very that rare very that I've, it's very rare that I binge a show like I, uh, I am binging this. I'm... 1000% obsessed with the show. It's the and number I, one show in America. I recommend it to everyone. And I thank you guys for uh, turning me on to it. So, what do you guys think? I mean, we are coming to the end of the FLR, the, the, the formal lizard rating, the FLR. We're coming to the end of the uh, Don Carlos Eye of the Shark here. I still haven't ashed. Senator still hasn't ashed. Bam Bam still hasn't ashed. I, I mean, I. 
right on his ash. Uh, he oh, ashed all over himself. I, accidentally <laughs> ashed on myself. <laughs> I, I can still see it on his jeans. I, I'm waiting. Him. I'm waiting. He's waiting. Like he's I'm giving wa- me the eye. Like, hey, dude. <laughs> I need to go. I need to stand up, walk outside, and and de-ash myself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he ashed all over himself like he does every night. <laughs> 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 oh, or every morning. You just got shanked. Oh, every <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna give you the pagoda stick. Today. <laughs> we gotta. Uh, rate, we gotta rate. The we stick. gotta rate the stick. I mean, I gotta give it to you, Rooster. Go. All right. So this is gonna be an aggregate rating from all the sharks that I've had. It's it's a ten. It's a ten for it's me. It's a ten. It's a ten for me too. It's a ten. ten. It's a ten for ten. me. Not even close. It's a ten. I just have to say, th- this episode means a lot to me because I love this cigar so much, and I was fully prepared. And I can't believe again I haven't ashed them all the way down to the end. I was going to give this a ten. I thought I would be the only lizard in this room that gave it a ten. This warms my heart like words can't describe. The ratings are not done yet. Oh, pagoda, pagoda, pagoda. <laughs> may not be strong enough for him. No, he's a he's a, a strong he's a, nine. Okay. See, all right, there strong enough for him. That's, okay, all right. I'm a ten. Ten. That's a 10.13. Ten. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, 9.13. <laughs> he wasn't kidding 9. again. 9.13. He wasn't kidding. Yeah, it's what kind of is a it? 9.8. It's a 9.9. Oh, wow. 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 So that is, wow. that is not even close. It's not even close. That's the highest rating that we've ever wow. given on this podcast so far. Yeah. All right. Not even close. I need to DM myself. You know, <laughs> please, please email us if you need any boxes. Can I watch? <laughs> I mean, guys, Ooh, what, yeah. what, what a, uh, what a special, special cigar. Yeah, Senator, thank you, thank you, Pagoda, thank you, thank you for the scotch. Uh, I mean, I mean, that says it all. A nine point nine boys for the Arturo Fuente Don Carlos Eye of the Shark, and uh, yeah, go out if you can find these cigars, find them, smoke them, enjoy them, appreciate them, and uh, we'll see you guys next week. Keep smoking. Thanks so much for joining us tonight. Hope you enjoyed it. Don't forget to leave us a rating and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. If you have any comments, questions, if you want to reach out, say hello, tell us what you're smoking, email us, loungelizardspod, P-O-D, that's loungelizardspod at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram, at loungelizardspod. We really appreciate your time, and we'll, uh, we'll see you next week.